Welcome to the We're Alive Fancast. And now, your host, Mr. Redbeard and Mick. Welcome to episode 13 of the We're Alive Fancast, where we cover each new release of We're Alive and also bring you interviews and other fun stuff. I'm Mick. And I'm Redbeard. And I uh, hope you guys got to listen to our Halloween special. Just We kind of had fun reading a couple stories that's out there last episode. And it's a nice coincidence that episode 13 is the week of Halloween. It sure is. And I was kind of, I was hoping I could push in an episode there to make the Halloween episode of 13. But this is actually uh, scheduled to come out on Halloween. So happy Halloween, guys. Happy, happy, happy. <laughs> happy, happy. <laughs> and spoiler warning, if you haven't listened to uh, chapter 39, part 2. we're gonna Go do talk, it! Yeah, go, look, go do it. Get back and uh, we're going to talk all about it. Let's see. And we're just we're excited to to share with you guys that we've gotten listeners, um, or at least people that are downloading it. Maybe they're listening to it after that. I don't know. In six different continents. So I guess my call out right now would be if I could get somebody from England to call in and class up the show and just call the number. What is it? Uh, yes, four two four alive eighty. Four two four alive eighty. I would love to hear your classy British tongue. And if you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Mick wants some tongue action, but <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> if you can't call in, that's cool too. If you want to record something on your on your phone, computer, or whatever, and send it to us via email, you can do so at we're live at mickred.com. Hey, Redbeard, we had a few uh, a few minor things we needed to correct from last episode. Yes, we did. And both of them brought to us by the We're Live Twitter account. One and- of them. And brought and the errors brought to you by Mr. Redbeard. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yes, thank you for that. The wedding is supposed to be after the baby is born. I thought they were wanting to be all traditional, and I think I just heard traditional and said, "You know what? I'm going to make this all traditional, and we're going to have the wedding before the baby, like a shotgun wedding." Right. Wrong. And <laughs> uh, also, they let us know that the. Because we had mentioned something about the zombies and maybe the chest plate would be like, you know, some kind of armor, armored breastplate. But uh, We're Alive also let us know that the autopsy before was on the little one. So there are two different things in quotations. And when I talked about it before, I knew something was wrong with it. And I knew that I might have been thinking about... I knew it was, I was thinking about something different. I just didn't know what. And, you know, and I think the, the hard You're just dead plates, wrong, man. You can just say it. You're just dead well, wrong no, no, no. I, I was. I was. <laughs> Don't need to rationalize it or whatever. It's because I'm so right about pegs that I can afford to be wrong on a few <laughs> things here and there. Definitely the popular opinion <laughs> to my chagrin. I've got, I think I've got one other person that agrees with me on pegs. Well, I think the the hard chest plate was in like Falling Skies or some other alien thing and that I'd watched. And so I, I couldn't remember if I was just making this whole thing up or if I was just losing a detail in there somewhere. That's right. So. I think I remember you mentioning that even while we were recording. And but, uh, but you know, we record okay. without a ton of preparation. We normally listen to the show once or twice even, and we don't get a lot of research done before it comes out. But I just want to thank you guys for your patience. Uh, with as much as we mess up, and I guarantee probably be a couple more corrections next week from this show. <laughs> yes, yeah, so let them let them fly. Yeah, won't hurt our feelings at all. Thank you for that. No, thank you. Uh, one more thing before we get started. I guess a couple more things. We have a uh, another iTunes review. This is our second review, five stars. Woohoo! It says uh, subject line: Great work. It's by a a Wayland prod. <laughs> what can I say? These guys do a great job. Smiley face. Of course. I'm slightly biased since I work on We Are Live. <laughs> I've seen that name before. I'll have to keep an eye, keep my eye out. <laughs> yes. No, really though. Thanks, Casey. We we appreciate it. And I I thanked him on Twitter, and I almost don't want to share this because it gave me you know warm and fuzzy feeling. He tweeted back, "Got to take care of the family." Awesome. So, I don't know if you saw that. I did, and it's much appreciated. It it really is, and thank you for that. And I I want to say thank you to you guys. I was thinking about it earlier today. And I think it's really cool that anybody that listens to this is kind of including us and a lot of the community in their We're Alive experience. And I just want to say thank you for that. And Yes. Uh, in addition to that, we want to extend 
our McRed family to the fans. And I want to do a call out for anybody that wants to do uh, fan reviews and that kind of thing in like in a, in a blog format and send them to us. We'd be happy to post them up with crediting you as a source. Yeah. So go out and check out what to on the McRed network and kind of look at what we got there. And if you want to write your own or improve on what we got or add to, that's we're we're more than happy to get it. Or if you just want to go and pot shot at the stuff that I've written, because I could definitely use some coaching. <laughs> some fun. But yes, so we're we're we are very open to extending our our uh, site to you guys to post your own content if you want. Definitely. All right, man. And, it, and I don't know if everybody knows we have more than just we're alive stuff on there. Yeah, but we've got a Dare to Survive. Uh, I've got a small budding blog that I've yet to finish out my article about my recent night terror event. But yes. Uh, it's very interesting, by the way. <laughs> so go check that out. It's at mickred.com. That's right. Thanks, guys. All right. I'm ready to move into the scene-by-scene scene coverage. Are you? I am. We start out after the, the violin music. start out. We're in Dunbar, which kind of threw me for a loop since it was Kelly and Tanya talking first off. Yeah. All the cool kids are at Dunbar now. Yeah. We got Kelly, you know, Michael's on the phone, Saul, Tanya, Victor, Lizzie. They're all did, doing did that. It? Did it throw you for a loop when you heard a phone ringing? Or am I alone on this? It should have. It should have. (laughs) My notes say Kelly answers phone, Michael's calling. I don't know why that didn't even occur to me that, you know, why is there a phone ringing in in the (laughs) Zapopalypse? Yes. But, you know, Michael's calling in. They're near Safe House 18, near Radon Labs. Thought we might get there this episode. No. Not yet. (laughs) And CJ wants her truck for construction. And once, uh, once the guys to wait till tomorrow to do the radon labs thing, of course Michael doesn't want to have any of that. Nope. I thought that was kind of a, a weird little just choice. I don't. I guess they're gonna take it further. Maybe maybe Pegs had to spend some of her cred later, but we'll talk about that. I well yeah, I'm, I'm kind of wondering why he was pushing so hard to do it right then and there, especially after having to get put in his place by Puck this last episode. What's so important about doing it right now? Really? Yeah, I don't know. And plus, whenever he didn't wait for backup, I was like, oh no, he's he just got in, in trouble for this. So you think he would uh, remember that? You know, and the only thing I can think of is that he's with Pegs and making bad decisions again. <laughs> <laughs> no way. We'll, we'll talk about a good decision he made later. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, we don't get a lot of Michael this episode, though. No. So uh, Mama Tanya comes back, and they're one. She's kind of saying she's got a little bit of information, and she doesn't want to go into it too much, really. But they they press her on it, you know. And they pressed awkwardly. I felt I, I felt really out of sorts when they were doing it. Dude, yeah, Saul. I, Saul kept saying, you know, don't don't make her do it. Don't you know, leave her alone about it. And they kept, you know, asking more and more. It was a little weird. I mean, I get everybody being excited about finding out what she learns but it just seemed a little awkward that they were all pressing about this one detail yeah i thought it was weird i was like well i guess they're not going to talk about it and then like three or four more times they kept going back and forth about it so finally they they did they began to talk about hmm? no go ahead go ahead and they began to talk about uh finally what it meant and i don't know if if you were like me as soon as she said that stage one was 300 units of k18 i immediately googled k18 to see if there's any hits out there before she even got around to saying it was keratin. What what now what came up when you searched for it? Uh it was keratin eighteen. It had to do with mammalian stuff and mutation. That's all I had to see really. I didn't understand most of it. When I searched for it, I don't know what how I searched for it at the time, but a ton of stem cell research stuff came hmm. up. And I was like, hmm. I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not, but I mean they do use stem cell research for cell research. And those can mutate to anything. So right. maybe it is. I don't. I didn't see that. I brought up a. I brought up Wikipedia's page for K18. Whenever I looked. For it. So I know it was approached in the show in a particular order, but we we find out that it was 200 units per liter of K18 for a normal person. Right. That it occurs naturally. And stage one is 300. Stage two is 500. Three is 800. And then she says at 1300, a person is turned. Yeah, at the height of the turn, it's 1300. Right. And she also mentioned uh, whenever, well, I think that's probably the next scene. Never mind. About, oh, yeah. But I th- you know what? Let's just go and talk about it here so it's the numbers are all fresh on people's minds. Yeah. So she, she also mentions that 
the inside the inside has turned already even at that low 300 that mm-hmm. you know underneath is was already beginning to change and, and you know she she even talks about a tad you know a frog can't turn back into a tadpole so she's referencing metamorphosis so i thought that was kind of an interesting take and that uh, and she also talks about her and Saul's levels and Saul's being 311 and hers is be, uh, being 340. Yeah, and she tested all the blood and luckily, you know, Lizzie's was normal. But so according to this and Tanya's what she's calling so far inconclusive, I guess, information mm-hmm. or maybe she's just in denial over it is that it looks like they are slowly turning. It they don't know for sure though. All they have is a snapshot. They need to test again to see if their numbers are raising over time. I thought they were being very bleak with their outlook on this. It, it was kind of getting me down. I was like, really? I mean, you don't know for sure. You don't know if you can slow it down more. You know, you, I don't so know. She's some for some reason she's very sure that once it starts, there's no cure. Was what she said. You know, like you said, frog cannot turn back into a tadpole. Uh, but you know, she she does want to go back and test the air at ground zero. She mentions. You know, I don't know, we're kind of jumping around, but, you know, she also mentions that, what to everybody else, that we may have a test to see if someone is turning. And I thought that was interesting, because why would that ever have been needed before? The slow turners. For the slow yeah. turners? To do an immediate check while they're, like, in the uh, in a sick right. bay? Oh, okay. Uh, but, which, you know, we've seen slow turners before, but we've never seen these hyper slow turners, like Saul and <laughs> yeah. Tanya, if that's, in fact, what they are. I don't think I don't, it is. I don't think so either. I think they're trying to scare us. What if they became hybrids? You know, that'd be cool. That'd you be know, really cool. Gain all the abilities, but stay human. Right, or like a Randy type. Or yeah. even don't even get all the abilities, just get some abilities. Start talking to each other like ants. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so you're bringing up the the uh, air the air quality or the air in Inglewood, the ground zero. Yes, that's where Tanya wants to. She wants to test some of the air, and uh, she also she mentions, you know, Saul's like, well, why don't you know you go? And since Saul didn't have a reaction to it, he's afraid that it was gonna. Tanya's afraid that it would raise suspicion if she went, but she doesn't even think CJ would let her go because you know of her importance to the group. She is very valuable. Yeah. Well, um, let's see. Now, okay. So during this uh, initial, after this initial conversation about the the blood work and the uh, air of Inglewood, they talk about Victor's fallop uh, as to why Michael didn't want him to come along on the trip. What fallop are they talking about? Is this about Angel? Uh, this is escaping me. I don't. I don't really know. Yeah, he, there was some. He's. I don't know. Was they it in the it first being, section? Well, Kelly says you know it. He's got all those military guys, and it might have something to do with the foul-up. I'm like, what foul-up? Is there something we're missing, or is this all going back to him wanting to hold information about Angel? I don't know. There, it wasn't ever answered. It didn't go further than that. So No, I, I can't think of it, and uh, I have the feeling that if I went back and listened to it, or if we went back and listened to it, we'd probably pull it out pretty quick. But uh, if you guys can let us know on Twitter, we'd you know, greatly appreciate it. Mention it next week. So we find out that it's going to be three weeks till the baby's born. Good. And a possible name for the baby is going to be Nicholas. Yeah, that was sweet, wasn't it? That was. But no Saul Jr. No Saul Jr. So after all the talk, you know, the very negative talk about them slowly turning, I had to jump to, well, what if that happens? And so, you know, I'm wondering if uh, this kid's going to be in, in, end up with the name of, like, Nicholas Saul Black. Or Saul Nicholas or something like that. Uh-huh. But I don't know. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope they don't have to kill off Tal- uh, Sonya and Saul. Yeah, I really don't. That's like worst case scenario for me as an ending. I think I'm in grief over it because I, I just I refuse to believe that can happen. I know. So same here. I was like, that. Uh, that's the last thing I want to happen. And here's one thing I was beginning to wonder. Oh, was in a little bit of conversation with some guys on Twitter. as uh, They would say something that would bring something else to mind. I don't know. It, it, I, w- I wonder if it'll come down to a situation where they do have some kind of antidote, but only one person can use it. Hmm. You know, like I don't I, know. I don't know how it would come to that, but it would just be funny if you have to choose between Saul and Tanya. And then whoever we were talking with, we'll get to it in Twitter. Said that I think it might have been Regan. He said, "Well, what if Michael steals it to go use it on Randy?" <laughs> I was like, "Whoa!" 
came out of nowhere with that, but I mean, that would be drama, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. We're just we're making stuff up every week. We're writing a whole <laughs> different show. I, at least I am. I come up with say well, weird stuff. But. I'm thinking that they're just being very negative right now because it's it it's got it. I mean, it's hitting hard. I mean, it's got to be the baby's right around the corner. They're thinking of we may have to quarantine ourselves to some degree. As I'm speculating. Yeah. But so, but I'm thinking there's got to be a way to have like an inhibitor or something like that that slows it way down to nearly no change or freezes the transformation completely if that is the case but we don't know for sure yeah whatever this is it, this really serves the story it adds a lot of drama a lot of tension because you know saul's saul's a favorite but i don't know anybody that wouldn't like saul that would be ridiculous and right of course there's no reason not to like tanya she's awesome too so i mean would really hate to lose them i'm holding out that there's hope mm-hmm and speaking of hope, where's she been? I want to know how her vision is. Right, she's gonna Sorry. have she's gonna have laser vision, laser eyes. <laughs> kind of, kind of flew through and ping ponged that section. I really wanted the. I hate, I hate that we're done talking about it. Me too. <laughs> it was a really cool part of the show. It really was, but I don't know. I mean, do you think there's something that we could talk more about on this subject? It wasn't temperature. It was not temperature. There you go. I was wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was you know that was that wasn't something you could have known. Well, no, but it would have been pretty crazy to have a temperature that high in a body. I, I will give you that one. That I was just wild. like I, I have no idea what's going on. I know that there's some kind of change happening in the body, and usually a heat is a catalyst, but probably not 350 it wasn't, degrees. It wasn't Z cells. <laughs> no, but... like I thought it might be. <laughs> I was very curious as to what it was going to be, and I'm glad that was answered. I know it's crazy. And when I looked it up, I just I kind of got a little bit of um, this guy actually went out and thought this much about it. We've got this crazy stuff. I think your chemical theory from last episode is probably going to be spot on or very close to whatever the answer is. And then we've got this K18 stuff. If it's not directly, if it's not directly. Uh... If it doesn't directly tie into what it is, it's at least related to it. Because I went back and researched a little bit more, and it all points to it. Mm-hmm. The There's a direct re, uh, relationship to the formic acid and the methyl benzenes. And I was like, you know, by the beard of Zeus, this guy got us. <laughs> He's going out there and doing all this sciencey stuff. I mean, he could have just pulled out Z-cells like good old Mick. Just make it up for the story. Yeah, just freaking just make but, it up. Don't do science stuff. Come on, that's cheating. At the same time, <laughs> it is so awesome. It's gutsy to go and say, oh, you know, I'm gonna make this so to the T scientific. But w- in the end, what do you do? Because if you went too far with it, the the community would could rip that that whole science apart. Right. Or do you leave it open ended to some degree so that you just know that there's an area of research within this field and you know it's a it's a it's a tricky game to play yeah and oh man i mean if i was a scientist and knew how to talk anything like this i still wouldn't i'd be like no i mean this is this is for fun there's probably yeah. you know it's probably got holes all in it but who cares yeah you just got kind of a backseat to it i guess but it's awesome it i'm is. glad that there is that much science in it bring on the hate field section <laughs> <laughs> No, we're not quite there yet. Oh. I mean, well, Glenn, we, we both pretty much, I've adopted your view of Glenn. <laughs> and I'll get to my one note in specific that's in all caps. So uh, the next scene, we are back at the colony. And we have a little Datu journal, little Peg's journal. Anything from those journals in particular you wanted to talk about? Okay, so Datu's talking about the fuel for the generators. You know, the diesel is getting low, but there's plenty of fuel for the auto automobiles. Right. The regular run-of-the-mill, regular gasoline. And I'm wondering, you know, they're talking about being able to go on runs and it's dangerous. Why aren't they using some form of biodiesel? I'm sure there's tons of restaurants around there with leftover grease traps that haven't been emptied. Hmm. And then, you know, we find out in a little bit that these crops are doing so well that... uh. You know, they could use some of that stuff, too, uh, to a degree. I mean, that, but that takes a lot. It would be easier to go out to the grease traps and make biodiesel. Yeah. I don't know. I, maybe, I mean, it, it could be a couple of different things. It could be that they don't have anybody that knows how to do biodiesel. They need, you know, a John C. Yeah. or a, Brit, uh, a Redbeard out there. Yeah. <laughs> Come or, on, Datu. Datu knows everything. Or the writers don't know much about biodiesel. Or they're just... 
Or, I know, or it doesn't K- serve the story very well. To... Casey knows about biodiesel. I guarantee you, that dude has a extensive knowledge of survival. Yeah, I wholeheartedly believe that he knows. There... So, but that was one option. To... And the other option is that uh, it... somebody's going to come up with it. The other option, yeah, that's that's yeah, somebody could come up with it. But the other thing is um, maybe right now it serves the story to to not have diesel <laughs> to have a, to have a problem. <laughs> You can't take you can't. That's not an out. You can't do that. Well, then <laughs> somebody's gonna come up with it, like you Story said. Story structure. <laughs> problem? What? No, no problems. So then we jump into Pegs talking about the garden and being able to extend beyond the colony for farming. Yeah, that was really cool. They they moved a lot further south into some commercial buildings. Uh, they've got a bigger park for more farmland, uh, some, some more storage in those commercial buildings, and access to water from a creek bed. Even though it's dirty, they can use it uh, to water the farm stuff that's going to be down there. I thought that was really cool, and I thought that the amount of potatoes and stuff they were getting back, I was like, this is awesome. That was, and that's that's the kind of fun stuff that you that you want to see in your zombie fiction that you don't normally get to see because it's a two-hour movie and they can't get past those, those just little... trying to make it up alive somewhere those little that's the real day-to-day survival details that i think are just you know fascinating right and that's apparently i mean that's what people are wanting more of too with this stuff is we're seeing it in other fiction other zombie fiction other apocalypse fiction yeah more the day-to-day stuff but uh i wanted to go check the map again to go look south of liberty park to see if there's a creek there and i bet i bet there probably is i have not went to go check it out yet i bet there is you know, and Pegs is pretty happy about what's going on right now with the farming and everything else, but I think she could deserve to be that happy when she builds a railgun. Yeah? When she yeah. would when she would do something with her hands instead of <laughs> No, no. I really can't falter. This is awesome. I, I'm really digging this. Yeah, she's got that going, got that working. But so Datu, could you explain for the for the listeners? Not so much for me because I know completely how it works. I'm just kidding. Tell me, <laughs> tell me exactly what what he's doing here. I don't have a freaking clue. I was trying to picture it, and I, so, all I could picture was No Country for Old Men, the little cow killing thing he used on people. Same principle. Okay. Um, but what's going on here is uh, it's like a really high powered potato gun, or like a like a like if you've seen Pumpkin Chunkin. He's built a really scaled-down version of that, and it sounds like it's shooting metal rounds. I'm guessing that there's got to be some kind of rubber or something on the outside of it to make a seal to really push this thing out, but he's got enough pressure coming out of this pneumatic rifle to go through the behemoth skin, which I thought was incredible. That was really cool. We haven't talked about that, that they thought, Datu thought uh, to actually ask for the behemoth skin that was to try inc- to penetrate it. That was incredible. That was really cool. What uh, the main problem I had, I was wondering what he was shooting. Like I was like rebar or what's he shooting? Something about that size? It's it's gonna have to be a specific size of round for the the uh, pneumatic rifle because what what you got to do is you can't you gotta ha- you gotta close up the diameter of the the pipe whatever he's using for a barrel. Yeah. So that it has enough air to seal so that the pressure actually shoots it out. How he's feeding it so that it shoots seven rounds at a time is beyond me because I have no idea, and it's automatic. I could I could guess it would be gravity-fed. It's Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to kind of just sit and fall into like a chamber where it's making a perfect seal, too. That's what I'm not getting. And it seems like the problem wasn't so much with being able to hold the seven rounds or more. It was the air would, you know... He's mm-hmm. trying to perfect that to where he could maximize the use of the air power. Yeah, it sounds like he's got different valve or like a, a system of pi- uh, piping going on to build up this pressure mm-hmm. and feeding it with a couple of tanks. And it sounds like it's portable enough to to work. I'm picturing right about the size of a super soaker, like one of the really big super soakers. What were you thinking? Oh, this thing's got to have a barrel that's substantially long. I mean, probably like four four foot. And uh, it's probably going to look more like a proton pack from Ghostbusters. That, uh, that's, you got me. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. It sounds really cool. And, you know, I, I, this was hilarious because I was like, oh, dang it. Don't Glenn, shut it. Shut it, Glenn. You know, he came up. He's all being all pessimistic. And, right. and then, and, you know, he's like, 
complaining about the accuracy. He wants wants to find more bullets. He's he's treating this thing like a toy. He's waving the the, the barrel of the pneumatic rifle around, and Datsu's like, don't do that. Which brings me to my note, which was all caps, shut up, Glenn. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just shut it. (laughs) I don't like to tell people to shut up, but my goodness. Oh, he's being so negative, but I thought it was hilarious, because then Datsu fired off the rounds. And it went through the behemoth skin, which they hadn't been able to do with normal conventional rifles. And at that point, Glenn makes sure to say, to ask, is that all the rounds? Because he wasn't going to walk in front of it after seeing that. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, he, he's not dumb, at least. Just no, annoying. He's very egocentric. Yeah. And... He thinks he's above a lot of people. But, you know, Datsu did mention that though the two of them have been the ones that have been building up and fixing things and expanding upon what they already have as far as an infrastructure goes. And he is worn out. Yes. I mean, but Glenn does have a lot of brain power, but unfortunately Datu is having to do a lot of the actual, you know, back-breaking work, which was kind of funny. We joked about that a few episodes ago that Datu wasn't even breathing hard from one of the things, moving the gate. Yeah. So well, we called know, it... Glenn, Glenn offers up to help out with stuff and build more of these and apologizes. But I, 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 I can't help but feel like he's got an angle to it. But he did come up with a cool name for the gun. He did. The Mata Gun. The Mata Gun. What's the matter with you? What's, what's the matter with you? What's the matter, Daddy? So I, I thought that was kind of cool, though, that he apologized and he even offered up to help out. And Glenn did something that was pretty awesome that I made like happy face notes for, which was uh, uh, he fixed the microwave disc to contact Dunbar, and they even sent a picture across it. Yes, and that's how those phones are working back and forth uh, to a degree, I believe. Yeah, I loved that. That was awesome. And uh, so Michael You know called... what? That may have been a sat phone. Yeah. It sounded like a, like a desk phone inside an office, though. It didn't sound like the sat phone. No, yeah, it did sound like that. So, okay, so this gun, we've got some pros and cons. It's really powerful. It's only going to be good for the behemoths. You wouldn't want to waste your rounds on a crowd. Yeah, definitely not a crowd. But it's got to be close range. So that's yeah. not good when you're dealing with the behemoth because, you, you know, you don't want to miss, you know, run out of shots. I can see a Dirty Harry moment where, like, they've shot six of them and he's asking the behemoth whether he shot six or seven. And <laughs> yeah. You know what I think would be really cool is if they took old microwave parts and built like a a ray, like a not not a death ray, but pretty close to it, where you're you basically have a field of view in front of you where you're nuking the entire group coming at you. Mm-hmm. And I know that you, it's possible they uh they've taken apart microwaves and used them to jam communications and stuff like that. But you put anything in front of it, it'll cook it. It would take a lot of power to stop something that's coming after you like that that doesn't even feel pain. Or, you know, it doesn't feel a lot of pain. Yeah. I mean, I just, I keep thinking there's got to be a way. Because this isn't a fix for dealing with the, the run-of-the-mill zombies or the fast ones. Man, I'm, I'm all about making, you know, Doom and Quake-style guns. So that'd be cool. And so they got, they got to figure out a way to make gunpowder. Now, what they're going to be able to make is not gunpowder. And I, I know we're jumping all over the place, but I think this is kind of important at this point because you can't just go and make modern gunpowder for modern rifles. It's easy to make black powder, but gunpowder, like modern gunpowder, is nitrocellulose. It's 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 a, it's a different, totally different makeup than than black powder, and black powder doesn't take that much. But you have to have like nitric acid and stuff to build up to modern gunpowder, and I don't think that's going to be as easy to come by. So their rifles that they have now would be no good with black powder. And I thought I just I wanted to mention that because they, they keep talking about doing these gun rounds and gun or they're doing the ammo runs and Glenn's talking about making gunpowder and I just don't think that's a solution for it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. There was something else I was gonna say about Glenn. Oh, Glenn made this comment about Michael and his group of soldiers, and, and he said all they do is run around. And it went right from happy moment with Glenn to 
you son of a, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, I don't know. It just aggravated me. I don't know if you caught that or not. It felt the same way, but it just, it rubbed me the wrong way. It, it did make an impact on me to take a note from it, which I've got like 25 lines of notes from the scene. I just, I totally missed it. Uh, but yes. So now you want to, it's, and it's I was, mo- were you listening for, uh, any Gross? kind of, because huh? <laughs> it crows. No, I should have been. I should have been listening to that. I, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> no, were you listening for any kind of Glenn as a traitor talk? I was, because I was. I was trying to see, you know, if there's. I've seen whispers of that. People think he might be a traitor. And I kept yeah. trying to catch something, but I really didn't. I, I began to feel like, no, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, he t- he kind of talks like an old miner, you know, like a stereotypical miner would. He, you know, everything's going great. You know, you little, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I just don't see him being a yeah. traitor. He's uh paying him for gold. Yeah, I, I don't. I think he uh he's trying to be involved in in everything, which I think is where people are coming up with that. And I guess maybe since he thinks he's he might think he's second in command. He's in with CJ like earlier on. Yeah, maybe that's why. I guess so. I don't know. He he's a suck up. I think is what it is in the end. <laughs> if it was Michael in charge, he'd be over there kissing Michael's butt. In the end, we go into more about what your girl Pegs is doing. That's right. We got the next scene. The truck is leaving potatoes for Pegs when somebody's on the line for her, and uh, <laughs> they give a name. They may have already named uh, the the experiment girl Wendy. Michael and right. I talk about... They didn't give a name last time. I thought that was crazy that we finally found out who she is. Mm-hmm. And Pegs is super busy. She kind of is uh, pushy, like, this better be important. <laughs> yep. But he wants to talk to her about CJ. So cold. So cold. <laughs> she's she got work to do. She's a strong woman. Mm. Michael, he wants Pegs to talk to CJ about, you know, him keeping the truck back. And apparently... Pegs has some uh, has some cred in the bank with CJ that she can spend on this. They're actually growing food now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, apparently that goes through no problem. And Datu comes running up, and he's got some flowers from Michael. Yes. Only he's a little late with them. Poor Datu. <laughs> Poor Aaron boy Datu. I know. He's running around trying to do everything, and Michael's like, give flowers to my girlfriend. <laughs> Why didn't you have it done this morning? <laughs> But you know, he, Tatu never says no to, to Michael. He's very grateful. Let's see what else happened. Okay, so Pegs calls you know Michael back later. CJ wasn't happy about the truck thing, but she went ahead and went okay with it. And uh, we also hear that Radon is a pharmaceutical company. I don't think we've known that for sure before. Did, did you? We didn't know that. That was a new detail during this one. And, um, you know, we didn't talk about it before, but when Saul's asked about it, he said, that sounds familiar. And, of course, I think the place he knows it from is from when Bert said it on the roof. Right. I think that's where he knows it from, too. So the last thing we hear is Kelly come in. We are on our way to Radon Labs. And l- let me drop back just real quick to <clears throat> to whenever Michael was asking Pegs to ask CJ something. <laughs> this, this reminds me of, like, when, you know, when I used to be over at a friend's house and they would ask me to ask their mom if we could do something because she was, you know, less likely to say <laughs> no to me. <laughs> That's awesome. Or going back before between mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, yes. I yeah, your analogy's better. Let's see. Um and I was, I was thinking I was thinking good job, Michael. You know. He's using trying, her. Try, no, he's trying to do little things to make sure she knows that that you know that, that he's thinking of her. He's learning. That's awesome. Mm. I don't know what he's learning from it, but okay. <laughs> well, I know I know my wife likes it when I do if I do little things that aren't even that significant, but it makes her know that I remember her and I'm thinking of her. She loves it. She's probably already dating a colony or yeah, a colony person anyway. So, <laughs> hadn't told Michael yet. Man, I was trying to give Michael props. Try to give Michael props. Yeah, yeah he, he's doing good at using his resources. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, but I'm trying to find a specific tweet because I'm about to do my favorite line. I didn't have one for this one at all. Like I, I was just completely sad mode because of Tanya and Saul. Oh yeah, Saul. Adam said Saul stumbled for a second. Right on Labs seems familiar. Adam says he he thought yeah one of their employees tried to bite your face off. <laughs> that's that's well that's well stated. <laughs> <laughs> you might remember this from when they tried to bite your face off. 
Is that your favorite line? <laughs> no. I found two tweets that I had lost earlier. Okay. All right, that's all I had to do. All I had to cover this uh, for our scene-by-scene scene coverage. I, I thought that was pretty good scene-by-scene scene coverage. Yeah, you had a lot of really cool insights with the way the gun worked and the diesel fuel and lots of other you know, stuff. Lots of randomness thrown in there. Sorry if it was a little all over the place. Yeah. No, I don't... I, yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> all over the place. I was all over the place trying to find a favorite line on the show. Adam tweeted us and he said his favorite quote of the week is Saul's reason to why he didn't get sick from the air at Ground Zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one crossed my mind. But I guess my favorite line from the show isn't like it normally is where it's a funny little quip. But And we said it already. It was whenever Tanya said to Saul, a frog can't turn back into a tadpole, Saul. I know, it, it almost sounded like she was talking to little boy Saul again. Yeah, it, she's it was, definitely talking to the audience there. Yeah. So, if I had a favorite line in this one, and I just can't because I'm kind of bummed out with that whole Saul and Tanya thing, it would be probably a Datu line, but I didn't even focus on it enough to have it. Hmm. Uh, you know, mainly about how they're he and Glenn are doing everything. I just that gives further insight to the the colonists and how much most of them aren't real valuable people at the moment. They had they need to be trained. He's been working hard for three and a half four months. Yeah, and that's that, that's why he's one of my, he's my favorite character. Yeah, I mean, Over. and stop complaining. It's you know you work through the winter time. It's fine. Stop complaining. Gosh, got to. <laughs> You're lucky they let you have a bed to sleep in. Oh, man. You keep working. No, I'm kidding, of course. he's Datu's <laughs> awesome. Matter of fact, Doofus Monkey said all he had to say about this episode was Datu for president. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's got my vote. Put Datu in charge. I, I'm that'd, be, that that'd be hilarious, and it'd probably be awesome. He, he needs to run his own trade school at some point so that he can have other people take the load off of him. Yeah, when you know, after they're done doing their weapons training, move on over to the Datu engineering. Yes. All right, and then uh, we've got the rating section coming up next. And, what did you rate this episode at? I gave it a strong four. I did too. It was a uh, not a whole lot to not to like in the show. The only thing that kind of was iffy or weird was the Tanya stuff in the beginning when they were like, "Come on, Tanya, come on," and they were like, "No, I can't do it." No, come on, Tanya, come on, I can't do it. That was the only thing that was a little bit weird. But, I mean, that wasn't worth taking a whole point from perfect but it was i just thought it was a really good show yeah i thought that was very awkward i i didn't understand why they had such an interest in it at the time but uh, yeah i can't really fault the the episode too much i think the reason it we it's, we're in that weird period where we're getting answers on some things and not on stuff we just got presented with so it's kind of frustrating yes and sound effects again as always were top notch the acting was really good all over the place. Uh, and so we had some, uh, some new sound effects, I think, with that gun I was listening to, and I was like, well, how do they make that? I, I'm hoping that they had a potato cannon somewhere that they recorded. <laughs> <laughs> that would just be so cool. That would. They were going out to the range with our big hey, giant hey, potato K- gun. Uh, Casey, if you can uh, put that out on YouTube, if it's legal, you should do that. <laughs> I, w- I would be all about watching it. Oh, yeah. That's always fun. And I guess our next section is the question of the week. And it was presented last week by Adam from Twitter and everywhere now. If you had to choose one surviving one surviving Towerite to die, who would it be? And why would you choose that person to die? I'll start off with Deanna Austria. She says, wow, I hate to wish death on anyone from the Tower. Or who am I kidding? Pegs, pegs, pegs. She is a needy, <laughs> conniving, whiny, evil girl. Who needs to go? I have shed a, a few tears through this audio drama, but if Peg goes, no tears will be shed. Will be uh, no tears will be shed. Universe, if she makes it through. You know, I'm thinking you gotta see my angle on this. I just want her to be alone. And she keeps going. It is a good thing. F- this is fiction because she thinks she sounds really mean. <laughs> she says, "Ugh, but I really dislike pigs, as you know." Yes, I know, Deanna. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've tried to kind of point you in the other direction a little bit and you definitely showed me you were not not going to be pointed that direction high five through the tubes <laughs> you got the next one 
Is it Austria? Jo- Josh Austria? The Haventon? What? Oh, my bad. Hey, do we have like a husband and wife on here? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know why. I just, I never picked up on that before. The Haventon, Wilson, uh, Angel, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. Seriously, though, as it as it is painful for me to choose someone, I'm going to say Tanya. Not that I don't like her character, but I think that her death would involve some sacrifice while getting to the bottom of this outbreak mystery. She is singularly focused on this task, isn't emotionally motivated and very much other than her research. We did see her in, a, in serious personal distress when she was locked away at Fort Irwin, but her stress was abated with an opportunity for studying the zombies, especially when the most recent episode... We see that she may put life, limb, and perhaps self-preservation on the back burner in order to solve this riddle. Of all the characters, her death would seem easier to deal with, as we see little of her personal anguish and hopes aside from difficulties of research and its accompanying crankiness. In short, I love what her character is doing, but I haven't gotten personally invested in her. That is really well written. That's really thoughtful, too. Thank wow. you. I think it's uh, De Haventon. Thank you. Yes, De Haventon. You made me laugh really hard with the angel, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's a, yeah, that's an excellent response. And uh, the next two are from Josh Austria, who is the husband of Deanna. And that's really cool that they're both really big in the We're Alive and are sharing with us. He says, Riley, I think for all the characters that have gained strength in who they are, Riley has gone the other way and gotten a lot weaker. And I mentioned to him that I thought that was pretty strong, and it came out of no, you know, and I never would have thought of that. And he replied back, I think what Casey is trying to do here is really special in taking people and putting them in a position of true character and uh, to show growth. I think a lot of people miss this and just apply this to, you know, a really good action story, but think um, that by putting this in a weekly episodic drama, you truly find the drama and watch and invest in the stories. And you really become a part of the story with them. He says, my wife is insistent on Peg's dying and I see Jay, but I think Riley's become the weak link at this point. Not to say uh, if she does get her hands on Scratch, my feelings may change. Look at Saul and his uh, morph to become a father and uh, to Datu becoming like a stepdad to Hope. And most of all, Kelly and her not being so arrogant as, and she's become one of his favorites. Wow. So it looks like he wants CJ to die too. <laughs> That's kind of funny <laughs> okay. that they're a house divided on pegs and CJ. That's great. Oh, that Sounds is a lot awesome. like us. Yes, yes, yes. Deanna Austria says his wife just knows pegs needs to die. <laughs> I do think Riley is in a pretty vulnerable place now. But if we are going to get, if we we're going to go that route, what about Michael? He just bowed down to CJ and fell right into a, do- a zombie trap. <laughs> this single-minded. Let's go get the zombie. Michael certainly could get himself killed or turned into Ink's wingman, but I really hope he doesn't. He at least needs to live long enough to outlast Pegs. Oh man, how cool would that be if you know he gets turned and he's working with Ink, but still is like having that inner battle you see in a lot of things where the bad guy's turned and you see it from his angle. Still, still loves Pegs. Yeah, because he's that broken. <laughs> because Pegs is just such the puppet master that she is. The weak puppet master pegs. That's I, great. Yes. I think she has a few strengths that she's really strong in. Everything <laughs> else, she fails miserably. Let's get stuff I, done. I, um, wow. That's very interesting. And I, I think I'm going to disappoint Deanna a little bit with my answer to this question. What's your answer first, though? What question? Oh. Which, which person would oh, you no. choose? I didn't think of it. I didn't. <laughs> you, you jerk. Have you thought of it? <laughs> yes. Okay, you go ahead, and I'll try to think of one. <laughs> so, okay, I, I gave this a lot of thought, but I, I think know in I'm the, gonna pick now. In, in the end, I want Pegs to just be alone somewhere. <laughs> I think that would be the perfect fate for her, <laughs> or to just you know be the old single lady in the group. But if anybody's got, if anybody's gonna, yes, an old maid. If anybody's gonna die, I'm. I think the the best answer is going to be Bert because he's going to go out with a bang. I mean, like just awesomely, and that's the only reason I say that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's he's going to go out and it's going to make the show. That episode's going to be like you're going to be hard charged for Bert and really sad at the same time. 
Right. Yeah, I think I, I do think Bird's going to die. And so, I mean, if you have to choose somebody, why not choose somebody that we think is going to die anyways? But <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a really good show if and when he does. Uh, I guess the person, if I had to choose one to die, and this isn't this isn't uh, the who I would choose because I don't like them, but it's more of who I would choose that just to make the story really strong would be however Michael dies at the end, which is which is what I think will happen. I think he'll die somewhere towards the end, whether it's a sacrifice, which probably to save everybody or something like that. I would choose him to die because I think it, however it's done, it's going to be uh, really strong and help the story end with that with the kind of ending that you that will remember. You know. And this is just a note on this. If Michael dies, I don't think I'm going to be upset about it at all. No, I don't. I don't know why. I mean, I think I think everybody else would become stronger because of that. And this is to anybody to to the Wear Lab gurus. This isn't going to mean anything because they're going to know this. But when I went back to, I was going to start doing a chapter three re-listen to because I'm so rusty on a lot of that stuff. And it started out, and it's a portion of the same quote from the beginning of chapter one that we also heard at the beginning of chapter four. And then I went back to, to the beginning of chapter two, and it's the same thing. I mean, it's little slight variations there, which may or may not have something to do with how the season played out. But, uh, so, I mean, it's probably going to end with him saying something like that, and then he's dead. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's, you know, his... I, I kind of forgot about that, but yeah, that's a good point. So, he, uh, I think he almost expects it at times. He, I mean, he, he puts himself in that position so many times when it's unnecessary. Right. Let's see. And so for next week's question of the week is if we, the We're Live Fancast, could interview anyone from We're Live, who would you choose next for us to interview? And not that we could not that we could for sure get that interview or not, but it'd be interesting to see who you guys would like to hear more about. And we're going we're gonna to try hard to get that interview regardless. So. Right. Definitely. And it's, it seems like anybody that is on there is more than happy and they love to talk about it and they are really, uh, really nice people, and they like. I don't know. They hold really good conversations so far that we've talked to. Yeah, so far everybody's been just really cool. It's an outstanding cast. It really is, and we're getting a lot of calls to want to to want to stunt cast the show. And the more I think about it, if there was actually going to be a a big budget film done, and this is this is going to sound homerish, but uh, I would love to see the people that are playing these roles play those characters. I think that would be awesome. <laughs> I would too. I mean, the more and more I get to know each one, exactly, it's they're incredible people. A lot of them, I mean, just have had such outstanding life experience that I think it would work perfectly. And then Casey's already written the characters so much tailored to them. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, that's that's who they are to me. But yeah, I think that would be really interesting to see. Even if it was just a chapter of it recorded like that, I'd, I'd watch it. Pay for it oh, probably. Yeah. Oh, I'd buy it. Okay, so now we're going to talk about... This is another new segment we kind of came up with, and it's called... Uh, I'm just calling it Caption Fun right now because we don't have contests. We can't. We don't have anything to give out yet. So, <laughs> so basically, we're just having a little, little bit of Caption Fun on Facebook. We're talking about the album art, which is what looks like a zombie sitting in a chair that's chained up and got a blanket over his head, and there's morgue doors behind them and it's a mortuary i think and there's you know blood vials set up sciencey autopsy stuff and so we we're just going to have fun and do little captions there and our uh the first caption we got was uh, from rebecca and it says let's play a game <laughs> <laughs> very creepy how is it said and so i've never seen it uh, i'm probably saying it with like all the wrong inflection it it's very let's non-empathetic no it's, a, it's just a creepy voice saying Let's play a game. <laughs> I think mm. it's how it's done, but I, I can't remember it. They're fun movies. I want to play a game. And uh, Elisa, or Eliza, says The Behemoth Awakens, which that's more ominous than funny, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, Grog. Grog's post to Twitter was hilarious. <laughs> His was, I want to be a zombie, not a ghost for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was good. Uh, mine was what's behind door number seven because there's know, a ton of doors behind them. I wrote up, we need more floor wax. This floor was had a lot of sheen to it. Yes, it did. <laughs> Especially for an apocalypse. <laughs> Adam Young says, uh, someone left the generator running again. Puck, I told you, when you leave, you shut the lights out. <laughs> that was good. 
Eric Williams says, nobody had the heart to tell Bob the barber cloth should go around his torso, not over his head. Gosh, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that, guys. And we'll be doing this through next week anyways. We've got another week of this chapter with the album art. So hop on our Facebook, search for Life Fancast, or click the link in the show notes and answer the question of the week or the caption fun. Moving on to listener and mail tweets. Our first bit of mail is from I am, Paul. I am Paul. He says, Hey, fellas, I was thinking about the Randy helping out Michael's group theory. I have something that may help it hold water. Uh, apparently, he says, he's, I snuck into the studios last week and stole a copy of Casey's outline of the ending of the show, and just kidding. Here's his real idea. There is one other instance I can think of where a Zed helped out the Towerite, Towerites. When Tommy turns at the end of season one, he could have easily devoured everyone in the hallway and tower right there. Instead, he ran for the stairwell door and jumped down into the flames, killing himself. Just an idea, guys. What do you think? Hmm. Is that exactly how it happened? There was some weird. There was something weird that happened then. I don't really remember exactly. I'd have to go back and listen to it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that one too. That's very interesting. It is. And anybody, if you want to chime in tweet or uh, email us let us know i'll have to go back and pick that up sometime around uh, my chapter three re-listen or not chapter three season three re-listen yes all right um we've got the next tweet Alyssa. she says fantastic analysis by redbeard by the way on the chemical bottles there is a way to kill the zeds mm-hmm. maybe <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how it's a swag. I don't, it, it, uh, it may turn out to be something completely different. She might have been saying, there's a way to kill the Zeds. Oh, yes, she may have been. Also, Adam says, uh, talking about this week's show, could you imagine if Glenn stole Datu's Matagun and said it was his? This would make for an interesting side story. Dang it, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I came up with, guys. <laughs> we got a note back from Casey Whalen. You spoiled we're not... Uh, or, no. Edit. <laughs> You spoiled Walking Dead for me. Way Is he Wan? Yeah, he's crying, man. Wambulance. But it's okay. Not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, for those that don't know or haven't heard of us say it before, Casey doesn't watch The Walking Dead or any other zombie stuff right now. And uh, Regan took me to Tweet City tonight, so I'm going <laughs> to just try to read it all as one as best I can. Uh, about the Halloween show, he said, cool stories. He probably didn't get the full effect driving around the city on a bright, sunny day. But uh, he says the first one, the Pegs fanfic, was dark. It was very dark. He says, uh... Sorry if that was too much for people listening to it with their, like, kids. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that today. I was like, I, I maybe should have said something about it being a little bit dark. Because I had my kids listen to the one you read, but I didn't listen to the other two because I just... I didn't think that was quite that uh, something they, that, that they should hear just yet. I have little ones, though, little, little ones. And uh, let's see, Regan says, I just hope Michael doesn't steal it and waste it on Randy. Whoever that is, he's talking about uh, the antidote. Uh, or maybe, because um, we were just postulating if there was going to be an antidote, what would happen. He says, uh, maybe Scratch will try to get a hold of it. He says, if there is going to be one, though, he thinks that Lizzie or the baby would get it. Uh-huh. He has a ridiculous stunt. So casting. No. He, he he's but he's saying it as if it was more of a uh, vaccination. Yeah, I, an, an antidote would imply that you already have it. Maybe, uh, and I thought maybe he was thinking that they could get exposed somehow and do it, or maybe he thinks it's a vaccination. We didn't, you know, 144 characters. We didn't have a whole lot to. <laughs> yeah, I I do like the idea of having it as an uh, as a. Uh, vaccination i think that's kind of cool and the way they're going though honestly the way tanya's moving with it and you know how there's going to be a final ending which is going to be or there's going to be a lot of finality to the ending there's it's either going to be zombies win or humans win and a, a vaccine would have to figure in there somewhere wouldn't it i would think so almost certainly regan says uh, on a ridiculous stunt casting note old man herbert from family guy is glenn <laughs> <laughs> How how would that sound? Hmm. Really? Really? This again? <laughs> hmm. Working on that fancy old gun again, are you? <laughs> yes. Thinking. Our next our next listener, Regan, he says, and that too just might save the day. <laughs> That's creepy. 
<laughs> also, he's beginning to wonder if the story of survival is turning into a story of extinction. Ooh. Guy in the pinstripe suits reading the journals to all the other zombies to <laughs> teach him how to, to talk. Right. That uh, And that's Nick Voodoo's theory, you know. Yeah, yeah. That it's not... <laughs> And you know, that's a really I, awesome theory too. They they did some pretty good coverage on their uh, last episode of We're Not Dead, uh, by the way. Yeah, I, I will be listening to it. Let's see. And then the last one. Okay, maybe Saul and Tanya aren't immune. Scratch that theory. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Funny guy. I, I think they are. I hope that when they go and check the the levels later on, that they stay the same. Yeah. Me too. And it's. it's oh, <laughs> I just went somewhere bad with this. Okay, so Saul and Lizzie are going to get married. If you were terminally ill, wouldn't you let your your fiancé know that before you get married? Hmm. Well, they already have a kid on the way. There's no backing away from it now. I know, and it's not like it's society now. It's society after the fall of everything, pretty much. I think he's going to end up being something better than that, though. Oh, yeah. No. I, I, I'm thinking they're going to be able to use... Saul and Tanya's blood to create an inhibitor. Yeah, I, I think the important thing about their blood is going to be a cure or at the very least a vaccination. But I really think that I, I see them living. I don't see. I, okay, I see. I see. I could see one of them dying. I don't see both of them dying. So if anybody's interested in my little rant about using microwaves as a possible weapon against the zombies. Go check out powerlabs.org. It's a, it's awesome. Man, you might you might find you a tinkerer, buddy, if you keep talking like this. <laughs> <laughs> I could only hope. Yeah, I, I don't normally like to see a lot of the little uh, inventions you come up with, but I don't have a clue how to do them myself, that's for sure. This this site has everything that you could ever possibly ask for. It, it, I think it even talks about nitrocellulose on his sub website somewhere. And that's the stuff you need to make the modern gunpowder, right? Yeah, it's a very similar process. I feel smart just saying that, so. So, yeah. All right, so uh, if you want to join the conversation, hop on the Facebook and uh, enjoy the question of the week with us as well as the caption stuff. And send us anything. Uh, send us our corrections. And if you could clear up the Tommy thing, what exactly happened there, or at least what's your take of what happened there. Yes, hop on the old Facebook. Yes, huh? Or the Twitter. <laughs> right in the tubes. Look forward to next week's uh, chapter finale. What are the? What do you think? A uh, 50-50 cliffhanger or what? A hundred percent? Hundred percent cliffhanger. Yep. End of chapter 39, and I guess that'd leave us nine chapters left. Mm-hmm. Not happy about that. No, that's sad. All right. Well, uh, as usual, thank you guys for listening. Thank you. And this has been Redbeard? Yeah, this is this is Mick. We'll see you next week. Later. Thanks for listening to the We're Alive Fancast. If you would like to send feedback to the show, you can email us at we'realive at mickred.com, and we will read your mail on the show. We want to know what you think about We're Alive each week. Tweet us or email us your theories and reactions to that week's show. You can tweet us at at WA Fancast. Visit our website at mickred.com. Mickred is always spelled M-I-C-K-R-E-D. You can find the We're Alive Fancast on Facebook. Just search We're Alive Fancast. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod for letting us use his song Ghost Apocalypse in this podcast. This has been a Mickred production. Or it's not in front of me. Hold on. Is it four two four live eighty? I believe it is, but let me double check. Yeah, that's good. Slow your roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> oh, oh crap! Fall your chair. No, it was my mouse. I dropped it. Oh. <laughs> Pay for it. Oh probably. yeah. Oh, I'd buy it. Whoa. <laughs> I just went somewhere bad with this. Okay, so Saul and Lizzie are gonna get married. <laughs> And if you had AIDS, you'd probably want to tell that to your wife, right? Oh no! <laughs> this is pretty. This is <clears throat> this is a zombie apocalypse. AIDS, isn't it? <laughs> Do I, I even? I, can I say that? <laughs> I,
I don't know. That's a very interesting way to look at it. And here's an extended cut of Little Peg's banter that you that we had to cut out. He Unlike is, Peg's. He's a good man. Unlike Peg's. What name and time where she was ungrateful. <laughs> hey, I'm leaving. I'm going to Boulder while you're staying here in Irwin where you're stuck because you're in the military. How is that ungrateful? Hey, not only that, I'm going to start dating someone else without letting you know and letting you down. Michael Michael broke up with her. Hey, even though I'm sending you letters, you never once told me I'm with someone else now. So Michael broke up with her. No, he didn't. He did too. No. Yeah, they broke up. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't wait, matter. He, he was writing. Wait, woman. He, was it, he, he was writing to her and she never said anything. I thought, I thought that was kind of... She didn't think she was leave it him options again. open. She didn't, and I don't. I don't think he. I don't think he clearly broke it off with her. I think he said, "Well, this is it. You're going there, and I'm staying here. We don't know what's going to happen from this point forward." My interpretation when I listened to it was it was very clear, eh. and that she didn't think she was ever going to see him again. Four miles to the house, dense forests surrounding neighborhoods and mountainous terrain. Vicious, emptied-out husks running around, attacking anything warm that moved. He would not show defeat in his face. Though, inside, the fear was mounting.